0: Ordinary time. But remember, the word ordinary in liturgical terms does not mean boring. We are back in the ordered or counted weeks of the year, and we're going to be marching our way through the Gospel of Luke from now until the end of November. And that's a wonderful thing because I'm sure you remember that Luke is my favorite Gospel. Luke is the gospel of prayer, the gospel of social justice, the gospel of the Holy Spirit, and the gospel of history. But for the next several weeks, you're going to notice something else. It is the gospel of women. Next week, we're going to meet four women in our gospel story, if Father Charlie reads the long version. I don't know. I'm not going to be here. Today, we will meet another voiceless woman one whom many of us forget is even in the gospel, the widow from the town of Nain. But this story would have really made a huge impact on anybody in Luke's time who was familiar with the Jewish scriptures. They would have immediately thought of the story of the widow of Zarephath. Now, if you don't remember the story of the widow of Zarephath, don't worry, it's our first reading today. There are eight parallels between the two stories. Luke has definitely set this up to make the parallels. The one, though, that's missing from our selection from the first reading is the fact that Elijah met the widow of Zarephath at the gate of the city, just like Jesus will meet the widow of Nain at the gate of the city today. As you may recall from back in January, Jesus began his ministry by proclaiming the message of Isaiah in his hometown synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to proclaim release to captives and to let the oppressed go free. Who are the captives in our world today? Who is oppressed? It's hard to know because we don't talk about captivity and oppression very much these days. I read an interesting blog article from the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate recently. Even though Americans rate unemployment as their highest priority government issue, our nation's most influential newspapers run two or three times more articles about issues that the general public considers to be two or three times less important than unemployment. We can't use the media as our excuse for remaining ignorant of our brothers and sisters who are oppressed or held captive. If you drop your keys in the parking lot at night, it's easiest to look for your keys in the sections of the parking lot under the streetlights. But you're more likely to find your keys if you look where you dropped them. We need to find creative ways to see in the dark. How do we go about finding the captives and the oppressed in our society and in the wider world? In the times of the Old Testament, the prophets had a litmus test for if Jewish society was caring for the captives and the oppressed. They looked at how well the society cared for widows, orphans, and aliens. If these voiceless people were ignored by the larger society, the prophets concluded that the society had stopped being faithful to God. Now, at this point in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has healed a number of people. But the widow of Nain stands out for being the most remarkably voiceless. She is alone, and presumably without resources. She has no husband, no child to care for her. We don't know her name. And Jesus comes across her seemingly by coincidence. The widow and her son are the first people who for whom Jesus intercedes without being asked to do so. The widow apparently says nothing to Jesus, and it's not clear whether she has faith in God, let alone in Jesus. But as R. Alan Culpepper writes, if religion has nothing to say to a grieving widow, it has nothing to say. Pope Francis seems to understand this, In an extraordinary action last weekend, Francis asked every Catholic parish in the world to include the following prayer as part of their general intercessions for Mass. For those around the world who still suffer slavery and who are victims of war, human trafficking, drug running, and slave labor, for the children and women who are suffering from every type of violence, may their silent scream for help Be heard by a vigilant church so that gazing upon the crucified Christ, she may not forget the many brothers and sisters who are left at the mercy of violence. Also, for all those who find themselves in economically precarious situations, above all for the unemployed, the elderly, migrants, the homeless, prisoners, and those who experience marginalization, that the church's prayer and its act of nearness give them comfort and assistance in hope and strength and courage in defending human dignity. Francis has pointed out something that most of us know but have tried to ignore. There are more people enslaved in the world today than at any point in the previous centuries which we typically associate with slavery, captivity and oppression. What are we doing about this? In chapter 7, Luke makes lots of comparisons and contrasts among Elijah, John the Baptist, and Jesus. That's because he's gradually making the case by the middle of chapter 9 that Jesus is greater than any prophet. Immediately after raising the widow's son, John the Baptist sends two of his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come? And Jesus responds, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Elijah was the great prophet, but Jesus will soon declare that John is greater than Elijah. And Jesus will then declare that the least people in the kingdom of God are greater than John. Every time we receive the Eucharist, we affirm our baptism into the body of Christ, our membership in the kingdom of God. We affirm our God-given ability as members of the kingdom of God that we are greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was greater than Elijah. And Elijah was able to raise the dead. So friends, the question comes back to us, both as individuals and as a group, how have I given sight to the blind? How have I enabled the lame to walk? How have I cleansed lepers? How have I made the deaf hear? How have I raised the dead? How have I brought good news to the poor? The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. If God is to look favorably on his people today, he is to look upon them through our eyes. We must continually search for creative ways to see the captives and the oppressed. We must let the light of Christ shine for the people who still walk in darkness.